Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. The show where conversations save lives. We're glad to be with you tonight. Special guest, we have Kristen Jane Anderson in studio with us, and you can join the conversation with us on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. You can also email us at hope at hopenet360.com anytime, day or night. You can listen live or on the podcast, doesn't matter. And uh, those that listen on the podcast, thank you guys so much for subscribing and being a part of this HopeNet and you guys are Hope Ambassadors out in your world. Share it with your friends. Let them know what we talk about on the show. And if you would be so kind, you can go ahead and share it You know, socially. Be a part of our social team. We'd love you for that. So, Jeff and DW, your host tonight. Quick plug for our event coming up. Scramble for Hope is coming up June 27th. And I'm going to forget to say it, so I'm going to say it now. But we've got our early bird registration deadline coming up tomorrow. So if you're interested in golfing, it's a nine-hole scramble. Jarrett Bush, the Green Bay Packer, is going to be there. And we're going to give away, maybe, if you get a hole-in-one, $20,000. Check out Scramble for Hope. Whoa. Yeah, check it out. Hopenet360.com slash golf. That's where it's all at. Register, find information. You can, if you want to sponsor a hole, we can do that, too. And uh, it's all there and easy to go. So tonight on the show, Kristen Jane Anderson is back with us. Welcome back, Kristen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to be with you. I'm excited for tonight. I'm always excited when you can be in studio with us. And most people know your story, but maybe just give a little bit of a background, kind of who you are, and introduce yourself for those who are listening for the first time. Sure. My name is Kristen, and I grew up uh, going to church, and I had a good childhood. My parents were always married. I had an older brother and older sister, but a lot of things went wrong in my life as a teenager. I lost four friends, my grandmother. I was raped, so I had difficult teenage years, and I ended up trying to take my life by laying on train tracks. So I attempted suicide, and I survived miraculously. I shouldn't still be here, but I am. I do not have my legs, um, but losing my legs and going through that ordeal brought me into a real relationship with Jesus and has forever changed my life. So that's kind of my story. And I have a ministry for people who struggle with suicidal thoughts and depression. I wrote a book called Life Inspired Me with my story in it, and God's using that in ways I could have never, ever, ever dreamed. So. Yeah. So your book, Life in Spite of Me, yes. and... Uh, just talk a little bit about the motivation behind that. It's, it's basically your story. Yeah, the the book is my story. Um, well, what I was all I was going to say is that a lot of people tell me that they feel like they're reading their story, hmm. um, and I never ever expected that. I wrote it. It took me like two years to work on it with my co-author. It came out in May of 2010 in hardcover, and next year in paperback, and now it's in like eight languages. Hmm. We've got links on our website, hopenet360.com. Dave. Go for it, man. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking uh, a lot of people do relate to what your story is, Kristen, because we're all sinful people, and, and we like to pretend we're not. And we like to pretend there's there's no problems when there really are problems. And one of the great things we could do is admit what they are and talk to people so that we can go through the problem rather than sit there and be defeated by it. Hmm. And And I think that a book like yours or your story is something that helps unlock the idea that Look, people who struggle are normal. We right. struggle in this life. We struggle with sin. We struggle with thoughts. We struggle with all kinds of things. And, and there are answers. But sometimes you have to go through some hard times to find them. So I, I think that uh, people do identify with the idea of this reality that takes place. And when somebody says, boy, you know what? Every once in a while, I think bad thoughts. I do this. I do that. They go, yeah, me too, but I'm not saying it. Maybe you need to say it. And maybe you need to say it to the right people. And what you will find is that they will, will not look at you like, oh, my goodness, you should be locked up, you know, in San Quentin and the keys thrown away or something. Yeah. Sam Quentin? What did I just say? I don't know. That jail in, in the middle of the water. Alcatraz. Uh, and, uh, yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, but but you, need to, you need to be locked up forever because you have bad thoughts. Hmm. You know, every human being that ever walked the planet had bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and every human being that ever walked the planet is, is sinful. But the Bible makes that clear. So to pretend that you're not, 
just causes problems. And then you think you're odd because everyone else has this great life. But you're looking at people who are just on the outside having a great life. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, they're all messed up. And so you're thinking that nobody's messed up but you. And and then you throw personality in there. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many uh, introverted people think that there's something wrong with them because they're introverted. And you look at them and go, that's not true. You're not, there's nothing wrong with you because of a personality. In fact, that's a gift in your body part. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that people do identify with you. I identify with you. You know, I mean, I was in a wheelchair for a bit as a kid, but certainly not for the same reason you are. And, and yet, you know, I identify with, with your story. And I was a good kid. Everyone would look at me and say, you're a nice young boy and, you know, all these things. But all of us have thoughts of, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I want to be here kind of thing. I'm not sure if I'm important. I look for this significance and this security thing in all the wrong places. So I, I think your story is very identifiable. And I think the more people would admit to being human and admit to the sinful part of their life and the things that don't work, the more the conversations can actually save lives. And that's what we talk about on the show. Conversations save lives. And we talk about sometimes some very difficult things. We talk with Kristen, who has attempted suicide, and that's not a very popular thing to talk about. And so for her to come here and to share her story, you know, it takes a lot of grace and a lot of courage to do that. And a lot of people who have come in, we've had some guests in the past who have just come and shared their story. And I have to tell you, when you share a story about getting to the moment where you're so defeated, you're so pressed down, and you're in the, the pit where you're just you're struggling to see up, it's difficult to share those stories because that's really when you get to the end of yourself. But we really believe that if we get to the point where we can talk about these things openly and create a dialogue and, and just engage in conversation and say, you know, if it's a teenager talking to their mom or their dad and just saying, this is how I feel. And for their parent to come back and, and not respond in a way where they're shocked, but they're like, I'm so glad you told me. I'm so relieved. We want to engage those conversations to happen. And so that's why we do this show, HopeNet Radio. And we're glad that you joined us tonight on the show. Last week, we had talked about intentionality, living with the best plan for summer. We want, to have, we want you to have the best plan for summer going into it. And we talked about intentionality. And Dave, I have to tell you, I was putting that show together and... I was actually so convicted on it. I mean, there were so many things that we had discussed in the show as we were doing it, and I was putting this together. And so I made some decisions in this last week, and it's it's been hard, but some of you are probably going to laugh at me, but you're also going to laugh because you know exactly where I'm coming from, and you're probably in that same spot. But I did a couple of things, and it, was, it had to do with my smartphone. Um, I removed two of my apps that I do Facebook with, and so tonight as we're talking – on you know on Facebook we're being there on, on our HopeNet 360 page. I'm not doing it through apps because I was finding that I was spending too much time intentionally checking my Facebook and checking my Twitter and checking my social streams, and it, it got to the point where I'm like, you know, I just, I feel like I'm so I'm so addicted and I've just been living in this addicted world. And I was even talking with Kristen before we got into this tonight that I think by nature humans are addictive creatures. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, it's interesting, Jeff, you say that. One of the things I want to encourage you, I know, I know you've struggled and made this, this choice, and, and really, that's great. What you need to do is also share the choices, the, the intentionality with other people so that they can watch you. Uh, example for me is um, I have a real struggle running because of my uh, hip problems when I was a kid. And my goal is by the end of the year to be able to run again 30 minutes. But I've been very intentional about eating certain kinds of foods that are anti-inflammatories, all that kind of stuff. And I, and I told my wife, all right, by the end of uh, May, I want to be at 10 minutes. Hmm. In June, I want to be at 11 minutes. In July, I want to be at 14 minutes. In August, I want to be at 15 minutes at the end of the year. Now, the reason I've done that is because I have the habit of, of going out and doing it like tomorrow. So if I need <laughs> to run 30 minutes, I'm going to be there tomorrow. If I want to lose weight, I'll lose it fast tomorrow. You know, and and, and so what I'm trying to do is be intentional about being healthy, but still get the the end result. And and boy, that's hard for me because now I get 10 minutes and I go, keep running. No, I can't. Why? Because I need to be intentional about this thing and I need to do it right. And I need to do it in a healthy way Mm -hmm. so that down the road I'm healthy and not just come and meet my goal right now. So I I applaud you, but I, I want to continue to encourage you to be intentional about telling somebody to hold you accountable to all these things as well. Well, I've told you, Dave, so I guess I gave you I know. permission. And I'm on you, man. I'm on you. <laughs> so, Kristen, have you, made a, have you been at a point in your life where you just realized you had to cut something out in order to do things that you wanted to be intentional about? Um, well, yeah, this might be not really what you're looking for. But, yeah, right now I'm realizing that, like, 
some of the things that I do around the house, like cleaning and that kind of thing, I need to ask for help with so that I can just focus on taking care of the kids and taking care of the ministry that God's called me to. Mm. Because otherwise I'm like focused on the house and the kids and not the ministry or the kids and the ministry and the house just gets, Mm. you know, put off to the side. And so that's something I'm realizing I need. It's okay for me to ask for help with that, especially being in a wheelchair. It's harder for me to do that kind of stuff anyway. It takes me a lot longer. So um, that's one thing that I'm realizing I need to let go of, and mm. and I think it will help me a lot. Well, and knowing you, I know you're. I know how driven you are. I mean, your main thing is you don't let your wheelchair define who you are. I mean, it's a big part of your story, but you don't want to let that define who you are. And so I know you're so driven. You just you really want to do everything and do it well. I can just tell that about you. I was a soccer player. I, I get that part of it, too. And and uh, so, anyway, we're going to pick this conversation up when we come back here on HopeNet Radio tonight. Remember, you can always chat with a live coach about stuff that's going on in your life. If you feel like you're overwhelmed or there's something going on you just need some answers on, chat with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. We'll be back with more with Kristen here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. Jeff and DW, your host tonight, Kristen Jane Anderson, is back in studio with us, and we're kind of keying off last week's discussion as we were talking about having the best summer ever. And I got to say, 2014 is going to be the best summer ever. I just, I believe that. Uh, I know there's a lot of neat things happening this summer, but every summer that we have to experience together, it doesn't matter who you are. I think it's always about what we make it. And we've talked about being intentional, and, and I confess some things to you guys, and now you all get to keep my feet to the fire on this Facebook thing. But I made some decisions in the last week after listening again to myself talk a little bit and just process through the things that we discussed on the show last week that i got to be more intentional about things. And I am being intentional about some things. I mean, I intend on waking up when I can the next day. You know, I intend on checking my Facebook probably the moment that I wake up. I intend on eating something quick for breakfast or not eating something for breakfast. I intend on, you know, taking a long shower or a short shower. I mean, we all have things that we do. We were kind of talking about some of those things that we need to do intentionally, um, not just to make our lives better, but to give them purpose and meaning and, and to kind of get away from things that take away from our lives or, or lead us into these destructive patterns of living. Yeah, you know, one of the worst things I think that a person can do is make a decision not to make a decision and just go through life. As we said last week, unplanned time goes to your weakness. Unintentionality goes to things that don't work. You end up really uh, regretting the time if you're not going to plan to use it for something. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. So, Kristen, as as you think about young women today and, you know, living intentionally, I mean, that's a big thing. Young girls, what do you find are they being intentional about today? Or what were you intentional about when you were growing up as a young woman? Uh, Not much besides spending time with my friends and making sure that we talked about everything humanly possible. I mean, girls are very social. And so I think it's a lot that way today, except in a different way where they're talking on over text or over Facebook or whatever else. I would always be on the phone. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's harder nowadays because they have to be intentional about submitting college applications. They have to be intentional about, you know, whatever tests they have to take. I, I feel like it was a lot easier for me when I was in school. But I know that, like, um, some of the young girls that I know are trying really hard to be intentional with where their relationships are going with, if it's with a boy or whatever. They're trying to make sure that that relationship stays in the zone that it should stay in and that their words and their actions are, you know, meeting up. And I um, wish that I would have thought more about that kind of stuff when I was a kid. What do you mean like that? Like, I don't know. I'm not a girl, so I can't explain this so well, but... I get the feeling that girls are a little bit more emotional and they're a little bit more – they want to think rationally about things. But then they also are led by their emotions and they can get wrapped up. If you're talking about relationships, relationships is a huge thing for young girls. You know, To, to be in a boyfriend relationship, um, to have that, that person that just, you know, oh, they love me for who they are. They love me not. They love me. They love me. You know, they get kind of wrapped up in that they want to have standards, but then they also want to please that other person. 
And so sometimes there, there seems like there's kind of a hard balance to that. You know, like what's appropriate, what's not appropriate in a relationship? How do we be intentional about maybe setting those boundaries and, and then holding to them? Knowing that one of us, if one of us gets, you know, our emotions going, we start relying on that, it could lead us down some pretty dangerous paths. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think almost always uh, in when boys and girls are friends, one is going to end up liking the other at, eventually at one point or another. I, I've just seen that so many times. But I think that it's hard for girls because a lot of times they might just want to be friends. They really just want to be friends, but they share so much. They spend so much time with the boy and they trust them and they let them in so deeply that they're almost like boyfriend girlfriend even though they're saying it's not that relationship the boy feels that way and yeah then the girl feels confused and well because guys if a girl talks to him that means they like him <laughs> right <laughs> i've heard that <laughs> i mean that's okay maybe that was just me maybe i'm a weirdo like no, that but i don't think you're the only <laughs> if one. you're in like grade school or middle school it's like that's that to me, like that defines relationship. Oh my goodness, she talked to me. She said hi. She smiled at me. I, she no, if a girl me. looks, if a girl looks at you, she likes you. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way that goes. Yeah, you know, it's, that's interesting. The the Bible is so full of intentionality when, when it comes to this. I mean, one of the things that we have to keep in mind: the Bible tells us that the truth sets you free. Mm-hmm. That that's what it says, and and so the truth does set you free. It does. And, and what we need to understand is that we are people who are wired a certain way. We're wired with emotions. We're wired with hormones. I mean, we, we have those things. So what we do is we intentionally plan that those things aren't going to destroy us. And, and we do that by thinking ahead of time. Now, now, that's the funny part is most people don't even consider that. Hmm. But the bottom line is God said in the Bible, you know, don't be unequally yoked. In other words, look for somebody who's going to be really good for you to be with and, and somebody who's thinking like you are in the scriptures. And that, that's good. It it even talks um, very succinctly about friendships. In the book of Job, I love I love looking at that. Three out of four of his friends were good friends, but they were wrong. They didn't understand the Bible. You, you need to at least talk about what's really true so that you can set your life up so that it doesn't fail. And and that's what's really, really important. And, and if you're not seeing that, and really sometimes you can't, that's where a conversation will save a life. That That's where you find somebody who's older than you mm-hmm. and loves you and really loves God and sit down and tell them what you're thinking. Tell them, man, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about beating that guy up or I'm thinking about you know asking this girl out even though she's got this reputation. Talk to somebody who loves God. It's, you know, find an older person in your church, if you go to church, and that, that you know, isn't forcing their opinion on anyone and just go talk to them. You'd be surprised what they understand and what they would talk to you about if they love God. Now, there are others that don't love God and they're not going to give you a very good answer. But, but the bottom line really is if, if you'll open up the conversation with an older person who loves God, you will be surprised how they can help you and how all of a sudden you don't feel so odd anymore and so yeah. weird and so, oh, no, all this pressure. And then they can help you be intentional because they've learned that you need to be. You know, I've read a couple of really sad articles over the last few weeks when it comes to young women, and we talk about the truth sets you free. But what happens when your world is turned upside down and the truth seems a little bit more convoluted than it should be? And a couple of articles distinctly, one has to do with the story about these Nigerian girls who have been held captive by these military men in, in Nigeria and held against their will. And, you know, there's a huge outcry for them right now to, to release them. I mean, just the, the human rights that are going on, uh, the violations there, I mean, to be held against your will. And then there was another girl that I just heard of recently in California who was abducted at 15 years old by a family member. And, and uh, so she's been living the last 10 years with this guy. And, and there's been some abuses that have been going on. And so the idea of normal and truth and all of these things is very convoluted. It's based on a very traumatic experience, something that we know is not right. It's not just. It's not uh, in the good of humanity. It's it's someone against their will. But for someone who is in those situations, those abusive situations, that is normal. That is truth for them. Yeah, they don't know much different. They, I feel like they know somewhere deep inside that there's something wrong with this. This isn't how it always was, but this is so normal now they've almost forgotten. Yeah, and I don't know if if you want to talk about it, but I know when, when you go through a traumatic experience like sexual abuse where it's like that that was in some degree that was a normal. You know, that was just – it's just what happened. That's just a reality. And I think it's it's so hard unless there's something that's stronger that can come in and rewrite those things. And I think, Dave, that's where you hit on that truth sets you free. See, when truth comes in, it replaces those lies. I mean, truth is truth. Truth exists apart from our perspective, apart from our reality, apart from our experience. Truth just is. 
And it's yeah. when you we know? discover that, that that's when that can come in and it can change. It changes our mind. It changes our patterns. It changes how we look at ourselves and what we believe about ourselves. You know, everybody has to understand truth from the outside, not the inside. In other words, you need to have an outside source to check things out. The Bible, God, because each one of us can twist things and make it all about us. And so we need to be careful to have an outside source like, like the Bible. And, and, and I can't emphasize that enough. Otherwise, we come up with a belief system or a faith system, mm-hmm. but we need a truth system because the belief and faith system will leave us empty. It, it, we, it matters what your belief or your, your faith is in. And so our nation and individuals that are listening to us, you need to have a system outside of yourself, the Bible, to go check things out. And that's the truth because only real truth will set you free. Lies and deception will make you slaves. Yeah. And if you're a young person listening tonight, it can be hard to figure out what is truth. You know, you're, you're like, there's so many different ideas thrown at me. And I, I think our young people today, we're so media saturated. We're so, we have so many messages in front of us that tell us what truth is. And a lot of times it shapes what we believe. And sometimes we hold these truths that lie in, in direct contrast to each other. And yet we believe them. We believe that, you know, I can be beautiful and I can be ugly at the same time. I can be, you know, doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing at the same time. You know, I could be dating the right guy and the wrong guy at the same time. I mean, these are things that, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, truth just is. And we need to discover what truth really is. And get to the answer to that. And that's why I think it's so important for young people that you know there's a voice that's willing to speak in your life and to give you some perspective. And that's what our coaches are there for. So if you need to chat with the coach right now, there is a live coach available at HopeNet360.com. So we're going to take a break here on the show. And I guarantee you there's going to be plenty more to come when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. It's the show where conversations save lives. It's Hope Net Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Kristen Jane Anderson is with us in studio again. And you can join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter tonight at HopeNet360. And yes, I know I did make a confession that I'm not going to be so glued to Facebook, but I will be on. I am on Facebook hanging out with you guys tonight. So glad that you've joined us. Make sure to connect with us that way. Or if you're on email, if that works better for you, not an email, that's a little bit different, but email hope at hopenet360.com. That's our email address. And you can connect with us anytime. So Jeff? Yes, Dave. So I, sh- I shouldn't have defriended you? Did I offend you? No, I just thought since you didn't want to do it anymore, I'd hit the defriend button or whatever that is. So, well, add me back. I guess I'll have to. I'll have to. Yeah. I don't even know how to add people. Though. I don't even know if I'll. Re- I'll even accept your request. I'm so. Oh yeah. I'm so offended. I'm. I'm going to need a conversation. It saves a life here if you do that. Yeah. Well, not going to be with me because I'm not talking to you. All right. Talk to the hand. Hey, question for you, Jeff, on that area though. You, we keep saying conversations save lives. What do you mean by that? I mean, how do they save lives? Well. I think too many people, too many of us, it doesn't have to be young people, it doesn't have to be older people, it's just people in general, in our Western culture maybe this is, we tend to really privatize our life. I'm even guilty of this too, is we build this wall up around us. We build it up around our family, we build it up around then individually in our homes to where there are certain things that we can talk about, like the weather and what they saw on YouTube. Um, and then everything else is off limits or it just seems like that. Like you can't talk about the fe- the feeling that you have inside of, you know, maybe being depressed or feeling like nobody actually cares about who you are or about how you're struggling to make the right decision. And we talked about college applications a little bit and we're getting to that season where if you haven't applied for a college, you might be at the point where you're looking at getting classes for the fall. If you're going into, if you haven't done that already for your school, you know, we, we make big decisions and sometimes we make them in our head. And we don't get an outsider's perspective because we're too embarrassed to talk about it or we're too, you know, we're, we're afraid we're going to get judged for asking those questions or reaching out for help. And I think if we're able to, to just say, hey, we foster an environment of conversations, we want you to know that it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to talk about feeling depressed. It's okay to feeling like you, you want to just lay down on train tracks. It's okay to talk about difficulties going on in life. Also, on the other side of it, someone who comes to you and says, I'm really struggling with this. It's also fostering an environment where you know how to respond to that. So when we talk about things on the show, we want to open up the dialogue and let you guys have those conversations that really will save lives. If, if we connect people together yeah. to talk about these things, oftentimes it's enough to diffuse those kinds of feelings and say, hey, there's hope. We're going to get through this and I'll help you. 
Well, let me ask Kristen something. Sure. Kristen, before you laid down on the railroad tracks, did you talk to your parents about how you felt? No, I didn't talk to them at all. Yeah, could I ask you why? Um... Well, I don't think I realized how bad I was doing, first of all. I didn't realize that I was even in a depression. I didn't realize I was having suicidal thoughts. I was just more and more beaten down, more and more discouraged, more and more hopeless. And I didn't know how to put that into words. I wish I wish I would have just, you know, said whatever came to my mind. But I think I also sadly was worried about uh, hurting them or worrying them. I was taking a role that wasn't my place of trying to protect my mom, for example, and I should have never been yeah. doing that. Well, let's, let's take a look at that just for a second, though, because I think that's pretty common. Like, I'm trying to protect my, my mom and her feelings, but then we're willing to put ourselves on a railroad track. Right. Yeah, it doesn't you know make I mean? any sense. As far as thinking about right. protecting your mom and her feelings, it, something, something along the journey there gets really out of whack, doesn't it? Because right. we didn't talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm... I'm wondering how that how we get to the point and and there's a young person, a young lady, a young guy listening to us right now that's saying, "I have these feelings i you know i I just feel like no one else has them and and I'm odd, and mm-hmm. I don't want to what would you say to that person right now? I would just say that you're not alone, you're not as different as you think. um the feelings that you have are actually very common, and you're going to get through this. It's not the end of the world, it's not the end of your life um there's so much ahead. It's so important for you to um, just seek God with all of your heart and to talk to other people about how you're feeling and what's going on in your life. Absolutely. In fact, if you if you have no if you feel like you have nobody to talk to, talk to a live coach. You know, HopeNet360.com and and go there and, because you need to start dialoguing with somebody, and you're not as different as you think. Every human being that ever walked the planet has feelings of inadequacy, feelings of lack of significance and security. Everybody feels that way. People think of of my life where I'm on the radio, I'm president of a ministry, I travel and speak to thousands of people. You know, the truth of the matter is, I still think I stink at speaking. And I still think I'm not really knowing what I'm doing half the time and that I'm not worthy of listening to. I still think that after all these years. Hmm. And, and and people roll their eyes and say, oh, no, you know, Dave, you're, no, you don't understand. I, I That's what I really think. And, and it's okay because, see, I just admitted it to how many Billions of people listen to the show. Exactly. So the thing is, embracing the truth. You know what that truth does for me? I mean, honestly, in fact, someone was listening to a podcast the other night, and they texted me during it and corrected my English. <laughs> nice. And I thought, you dog, you. You know, here's the truth of the matter, though. I know I'm not a, a great grammarian. I understand that. And, and, and because I know it, I don't have to pretend. I mean, I'm, it's not that I wouldn't want to get better. I just don't have to pretend. That I'm good. I, I can't spell with a lick. I mean, I can't spell anything. And don't tell me to carry a dictionary because it doesn't help people who can't spell because we can't spell. So we don't even know how to find words in dictionaries. Mm. What's interesting is when I taught school, I, one of the first things I told my class was, I can't spell. Not with a lick. Now, you can't use that for an excuse. You're going to have spelling tests, and I don't really care that I can't spell, but I'm going to, you know, you need to do the best you can. What's interesting is I used to reward them. If I misspelled a word on the board, and they caught it, I would reward them for it because I didn't know it was misspelled. Mm-hmm. And, and what's really interesting is they understood that I was comfortable being human hmm. and that there were things about my life that did not work. And I wasn't condemning myself. I was saying, look, I need your help on this because I honestly can't do something. And nobody, not, not one fifth grader thought, man, my teacher's a bum and a loser, and he can't, because he can't spell. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, it, it turned around the other way. I want to encourage our listeners. There are things in your life that you think, oh, I'm really inadequate in this. Yeah, well, welcome to humanity. Now, now talk to somebody about it. Work on getting better at it. Be intentional, like we've talked about. But don't let it destroy your life. It, it's, that's, not, that's not really what it's about. You will find. You know, every time I, I speak and I ask how many people in the room can't spell, enough hands go up where I go, yeah, you're my people. You know what I mean? We are the group that just can't get it, you know, as, as far as spelling goes. It's okay. It doesn't mean we don't try. It doesn't mean I don't try and learn. It just means there's a limit in that area. And by the way, I don't think I'm overly dumb or anything. I just think, boy, there's something I can't do. Yeah. It, it's funny. No one throws it at me because I keep admitting that I, I can't spell. So it's not like I'm in trouble. <laughs>
You know, I think what we're kind of talking about here, part of being human and part of our nature has to do with a couple of different things, two contrasting elements in our life. One is pride and the other one is humility. And I think those are two words that are uncomfortable to talk about because they all kind of get in the way of, you know, who I am. And so me even talking about how I'm going to give up my Facebook apps for a week or two weeks or however long it takes me to break my FOMO syndrome that I've come down with in the last few weeks. Um, just the the idea that I need to be humble and I need to I need to address the reality that I have a need to make myself look good. And I think in our culture, we have this deep desire to not look bad. You know, and to be perfect. And we talked a little bit about that with Becky and Johnny a couple weeks back and just the perfectionist culture that some of us live in. And I'm, I'm a chronic perfectionist. I tend to overanalyze to the point where sometimes it renders me ineffective because I'm afraid of executing something and, and it not working, working out perfectly. I even said perfectly. I don't know why I said perfectly, but I, would, I did I, say perfectly. Don't ask me to spell that. But you know, you know what I mean, Dave. I mean, just having that need to be perfect, or even Chris, and yeah. you ever struggle with that? Just needing to be perfect and needing to. Yeah, I think it's a weakness of mine. I guess I don't know how many other people have that. I know my husband and I both feel that way. Um, we always, you know, want to do everything perfect, and sometimes we don't do things because we don't think we can do it perfect. And I think that's like a stumbling block. I think they call that the frustrated perfectionist. <laughs> yes. Where- they do. I, I, I think there are people who are perfectionists that their houses are a wreck mm. because since they can't do it perfectly, they just leave it. Oh. They don't even touch it. And then it gets really on their nerves. Man. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been there. I mean, I was a bachelor at one point. Thankfully, God gave me a wife who is very awesome with cleaning and I do help her at times. But there are other times when she says, stay out of my area because I just want to get this done. Right. And uh, so anyway, we want to just encourage you guys. If you need to chat right now, there's a live coach waiting to chat with you. And it's this is someone who cares about you, who cares about where you're at. Check out HopeNet360.com. Click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. We're going to chat more with Kristen and another special guest when we come back, Bill, in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff from HopeNet Radio. We all know that teen suicide is a dark reality in our communities. The numbers are sobering. Feelings of hopelessness and depression are very real in our youth and parents today. HopeNet 360 continues to be a beacon of hope in our communities through HopeNet radio show and podcast, educational seminars, the crisis chat line, and local hope-giving community resources. There's much more work to be done, which is exactly why I want to invite you to join me at Scramble for Hope 2014. Scramble for Hope 2014 tees off on Friday, June 27th at Sherwood Forest Golf Club in Sherwood, Wisconsin. Break out the clubs and play nine holes of golf with me. See if you can take the title for the longest drive or the longest putt. Challenge the celebrity and go for the hole-in-one. Go to HopeNet360.com to register for one of the shotgun start times. If you can't make it but wish to donate, you can do that there as well. Get your golf fix. Learn about what HopeNet360 is doing to save lives from suicide in Northeast Wisconsin. Scramble for Hope, June 27th at Sherwood Forest Golf Club. That's HopeNet360.com slash golf. See you there. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. The show where conversations save lives, and you can be involved on the conversation. Get on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. Or on your email, hope at hopenet360.com. Connect with us and let us know your thoughts. We've been talking about kind of what we talked about last week a little bit as far as living intentionally. And I've had to make some difficult, heart-wrenching decisions in my life in the last week, Dave, as I've been thinking about some of your comments that you made last week and uh, talking about living intentionally. So I'll get to that in a moment. I want to introduce our guests tonight in studio with us. We have Kristen Jane Anderson. She is an author and a speaker to youth and parents and many other people and has her own ministry called Reaching You Ministries. And Kristen, we're so glad that you can join us again for another week. It's awesome to be here, Jeff. Thank you. Also in studio with us tonight, Bill Van Kirk. He's the youth pastor at Spring Lake Church here in Green Bay. And we're glad you could come and just spend some time with us tonight, Bill. And Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks. 
We've got a great event to share with you this summer in a couple of weeks, so we're going to get to that in a few minutes. And uh, But we want to continue our conversation tonight, Dave, on the living intentionally. And I talked about some difficult decisions that I had to make. Uh, I had to hold down the Facebook apps on my phone, uh, save the Facebook Messenger app, but I deleted my Facebook apps from my phone because I was kind of coming down with this sickness that we've kind of discussed a little bit in past shows, the FOMO syndrome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fear of missing out, man. I was kind of coming down with that. And so my, I guess in, in living intentionally, I've decided, and you guys can hold me to it, that I'm going to take some time away from social media, not to not hang out with you guys there, but because I want to live intentionally on some things in life. So Bill, I want to welcome you into the show and kind of get your perspective on living intentionally. Are there some things that you've changed from ways that you lived in the past, you know, how you lived in the past, um, where you've intentionally cut some things out or gotten intentional in different ways in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's two things that I like to talk about when I deal with intentional living, living within um, talking about social media and stuff like that. And there's two things. It's really uh, discernment and balance. Discernment says, um, is what I'm consuming affecting my heart in a way that's taking me away from my relationship with God? And balance says, how much time am I giving to this compared to how much time I'm actually um, you know, pursuing my other relationships in my life? And so those two things is the, the kind of the key points that I hit on. And so for me personally, I try to make sure that, you know, I'm looking at both balance and discernment with those things with social media. Hmm. Do you think that people need someone from the outside, though, to, to really evaluate that clearly? Because most people are probably going to think, I'm fine, man. Everything's cool. My relationships are good. Everything's doing great. Do you think they need someone to actually say, what do you think while they're doing this because of uh, not even seeing themselves clearly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all have blind spots, right? Asking your parents, asking your friends, your uh, wife or your or whoever, whatever, whoever you're in relationship with. Hey, have you noticed that I spend more time looking at my phone than than being in relationship with the people around me and yeah. and asking those hard questions of the people in your life? Yeah, hmm. you know, it's interesting as, as we talk about intentionality, Jeff. There's a passage in the Bible that I just love to talk about and and just love to think about. It's found in John chapter five, starting with the second verse. There is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been there an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. As I read that, there's one question in there that floors me. Here's a guy that's been sitting there 38 years. And Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? That's amazing to me. That that question is almost haunting as I look at it. I think, why would you ask somebody that who is 38 years sitting there hoping that, that one day they can be okay? And then it struck me. I have so many young people I talk to that have the same problem over and over again and, and I ask them that. Do you really want to be healed? Hmm. I mean, do you want to get better? Or have you adjusted your life to this now? Have you adjusted your life to being in this situation and you don't even want to be out of it? I mean, think of the differences. This young man, this, this sick, paralyzed, whatever the guy was. Uh, think of the adjustments. He would have to get up and actually find a job. He would have to live in a world that he knew nothing about. Yeah. That he, he didn't know how to operate. He didn't know how to, how to behave in that world. And I think it might be scary to him. And, and I think our listeners that are listening, you, you could almost relate to this thinking, you know what, if, if I change friends, if I quit this habit, if I don't do this anymore or whatever it might be, I won't know how to live mm-hmm. because I'm so used to living that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd love to hear uh, comments on, on, on just this passage and my struggle with this idea of God coming to somebody saying, do you want to be healed? When it seems to me obvious that he should want that. You know, Kristen, you've shared before on the show, you've shared your story. I mean, you, your story of laying on the train tracks and attempting to take your life, and you realized that you were not the author and finisher of your life, that someone else had a plan for you, God had a plan for you, and but you still had a process to go through with that. As you've probably read this story of this man that was mm-hmm. at the pool, can you talk a little bit about your experience after that and kind of what you had to go through, not just physically, but even emotionally and, and somewhat spiritually in that? Well, after I lost my legs, I um, started going to counseling. My parents were in counseling. We were in family counseling, and I was diagnosed with depression and 
I was basically told that I would struggle with depression for the rest of my life, but I was always hoping to get out of it. I was waiting for it to end. My counselor told me that like, maybe I wouldn't always be in a depression. Um, but I really kind of settled into that like uncomfortably comfortable place because it was just became so familiar. That was my world for years. And I didn't know really how to live differently. And so in this passage where he, Jesus says, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? I, I feel like um, he could have said those words to me um, at that time. And I would have been like, well, of course, but I didn't realize like my role in that at all. I didn't realize that I, um, it took me a while to realize it, I should say that I needed to fight my depression, that I was had just surrendered to it, that I had just given into it, that mm. I was just giving into the thoughts and um, the lifestyle. And in a lot of ways, it had become my excuse. It had become my um, just like I said, my uncomfortable, comfortable place. Mm. It's not what I wanted, but it's what was familiar. And so I, um, I can sympathize with this guy and his excuses, um, that people weren't helping him and people were getting in his way. But really, um, when we want to get well and we want to be healed, I feel like nothing can get in our way when we're walking with the Lord. I find it interesting, Kristen, that you said, yes, of course, I'd like to be healed. But really on the inside, you're thinking, I don't know. You know, I, I don't think I can. I don't think, and here's all the reasons why I can't. I, mean, I just think there's there's a ton of people out there that can relate with that statement. If they would just take time to think about it, if somebody is, is being defeated constantly by something, my question to you right now is, do you want to be healed? I mean, do you really want to be? Or do you want to stay that way because you know how to live that way? And, and I think that's a valid thing to start asking. And then finding, as we've talked about, either going to a, a live coach at HopeNet, 360.com and talking to them about it or someone in your church and an elder a person that loves the Lord and saying, look, can I talk to you about this? And, and just start talking to them about what you're thinking and, and see what happens. Because instead of looking for excuses to stay the same, we need to look for reasons to be different. And, and one of those is starting off by saying, I really do want to be healed. Therefore, I want to do something different than I'm doing today. All right, we're going to take a break here on the show. Remember to check out Scramble for Hope. It's coming up June 27th, and we would love for you to come out and spend some time with us on the golf course. That's Scramble for Hope on June 27th, and we're going to take a break here on the show. We're going to talk to Bill when we come back about an event they're launching in a couple of weeks, and uh, we're excited to be a part of getting the word out on this, and hopefully you guys will join us in Northeast Wisconsin. So we'll be back with more here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show, the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your host tonight, Kristen Jane Anderson, in studio with us. And we also have another special guest, Bill Van Kirk, the youth pastor at Spring Lake Church here in Green Bay. And we're excited that you've joined us on the show. Remember, you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com anytime during our conversation. We would love to hear your response as far as living intentionally and some of the things that you've been doing over the last week to live more intentionally. I talked about giving up some apps that were on my phone that were causing me to fear missing out on certain things. And so I've taken a break from some things so I can be intentional on other things. And I want to kind of turn our focus a little bit to, Bill, I'd like to just hear a little bit of your story. So you're the youth pastor at Spring Lake Church. How long have you been there now? I've actually been at um, Spring Lake for about four and a half years. Cool. So, Yeah, and I met you right about the time you started, which was yeah probably about that long ago. We've worked together on some things. See you at the poll. We did a rally there a couple years ago. And, uh, and that was a lot of fun, and you've been gracious in lending some of your expertise and some of your wild youth pastor, youth ministry ideas. What got you into youth ministry? There was a time in my life where God brought me to a crossroads, and he basically said, you're either going to make me Lord of your life and you're going to give your life over to me, or you're going to keep on pretending. And, and one path was a path of complete dissatisfaction with life, and the other path was one where um, I saw it wasn't easy, but God wanted to really use me and bless me in that. Um, and I really felt God calling me into ministry. Um, and so um, felt very specific call from God to say, hey, what can you do for my kingdom? What can you do? What, what will you let me do through you in reaching students for Christ? And so I uh, got my degree at Moody um, and 
and, and, and looked for that role, and God opened up the door for me to be part of the church. So very yeah. cool. And funny story, too. We have Chris and Jane Anderson with us in studio, and these two were at Moody at about the same time because you guys both went to Moody. Yeah. So anyway, true stories. You'd be surprised sometimes how small this world is. And I know, Dave, you probably find out how small this world is every single day. It, what's really weird is I'll be watching some mission presentation, and some native is wearing a silver birch ranch T-shirt. And I'm thinking, how <laughs> in the cool. world did that happen? <laughs> Uh, but it, it happens, and it happens frequently, which is really weird. That's awesome. So, Bill, talk to us a little bit about your idea for this summer. You've come to, to me and said, hey, this would be really great to do. And I thought it was a fantastic idea. Share about what you guys are going to do this summer. Yeah, I, we're just looking for ways to really um, – for the people in our church and even the people outside of our church to stay connected over the summer and get connected to new people um, and really start to build some relationship through some sports so what we wanted to do was facilitate um, an ultimate Frisbee night. Ultimate Frisbee is a great game, kind of like soccer with Frisbee. And uh, so we're, we're doing this thing on Tuesdays. It's actually every Tuesday in the summer starting June 17th. Um, and we're all going to be meeting over at Voyager Park in De Pere. And we're just going to be playing like an hour and a half starting at 630 um, of Frisbee together. And it's just a time just to be together and kind of intentionally spend time doing a sport together, but a time just to hang out to and really connect. Cool. So, so we have that information posted at hopenet360.com. It's going to be one of those fun things. I'll be out there a few of the nights during summer, and, and uh, it would be great for you guys, teenagers who are listening, uh, just to come on out, play some Ultimate Frisbee, have fun. Don't play too hard. I know some of you guys are hardcore. Bill, you talked about building these relationships, you know, and it's kind of outside the social media world, you know, playing ultimate Frisbee. I, I love ultimate Frisbee. I love Frisbee golfing. I, pretty much if you throw anything at me, I'll catch it, even a wrench. Um, but you know, uh, I just, I, I'm a natural kind of a sports kind of guy. What about people who don't like to play sports? Can they still come? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you've ever been to Voyager park, it's kind of a neat park where there's this like bowl shaped area where, you can, you could like there's a berm around a field. And so it's actually really conducive for an area where people can come and just hang out as well. Um, and they also just opened a new business called lock tenders over there. Um, and they serve soft serve ice cream. So, uh, that's kind of the plan afterwards is grab some ice cream together, or even while you're there to grab some ice cream and watch the game and, and just really connect and and start to build some relationships with other people. So sounds awesome. If somebody is out there and they're saying, you know, I, I really, stink at frisbee i mean it, you know i throw it it goes on an angle like it never goes where i want it could will, will somebody be out there they could say help me and actually teach them how to throw one yeah absolutely we'll have a team of volunteers who um are out there kind of facilitating the game and doing a little bit of the refing for it so that it's like you know a little bit uh the rules there's at least some rules happening while we're out there, but they'll also be there to say, Hey, a little more snap in the wrist or, Hey, um, you don't have to be perfect at throwing it. Just shoot for smaller distances and stuff like that. So and it'll be some, anyone can play. It'll be something to say five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Five <laughs> seconds. And uh, if you ever played ultimate Frisbee, you'd totally get that. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So living intentionally, I think it's important to be intentional about friends and what you do this summer. And Kristen, we've been kind of talking a little bit more about living intentionally. And uh, this summer, are there things that you've got on your horizon that you're you're trying to get ahead of the game on as far as what's coming up for you this summer or even with family? Oh, well, I'm trying to be a lot more intentional and making time in my service for the Lord, making sure that I'm doing that every single day, just because that is like something he's laid heavy on my heart, something that I love and thrive in and need to be doing that more regularly. And there's some things that are coming up that are pretty important. There's, Hmm. um, some producers that want to, you know, make my story into a movie and they have questions and, um, we have a lot of meetings for that coming up and other speaking engagements and stuff too. So, yeah, I know we talked about that on a previous show and where's that been? Um, they're trying to figure out who they want to write the screenplay right now. If you want to follow what Kristen's doing with that, I know she has a Facebook page, and we post that on our website. Kristen, talk a little bit about speaking. I know we talked a little bit after, I think like the week before you were going to Milwaukee. Is that correct? When you were, I think it was the week after. It was the week after you went down there. Uh, just share about some of these speaking events that you've had and speaking in front of young people. Um, well, they're all different. They're all very unique. But one of the things people um, tell me all the time after they hear my story is that they've struggled with suicidal thoughts or depression or they know somebody who did. So it re- it just shows me how, how big the problem is, but how um, much we all have in common at the same time. 
and God has opened more and more doors. I remember when I was in Milwaukee, um, I it went amazing, and I got invited to do a Milwaukee school tour, and they asked me to speak with the Milwaukee Police Department, and hmm. things like that seem to always happen. It's really, really crazy, but I always just walk through whatever doors remain open because I, I feel God calling me to, and mm-hmm. lives are being changed, um, not because of me, but because of God and because of his faithfulness and because of his glory and his goodness, and it's just amazing to be a small part of that. And did you ever think, you know, when you kind of go back to that winter day that you'd be where you are today? No, no, never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, I wouldn't have thought I would have went to Moody. I wouldn't have thought I would be a speaker. I'm like the shyest person. <laughs> I would have never thought that I would write a book. I mean, I I didn't really like school or writing. I would have never thought that <laughs> somebody would not take their life because of my yeah. story, because, of, because I tried to take mine. I mean, it's all unbelievable to me, but um, it's God, and, and I can't um, thank him or praise him enough. It's interesting to just see. We talked about uh, in some programs past, and I encourage our listeners to go get the podcast. You know, is there a God plan B or D or C? And it, there really isn't. I mean, God's got a plan, and He's going to win, and, and His plan is going to prevail. And and we might leave it for a little bit. We might not be a part of it, but anytime we can go back and join it, and and we need to do that. And and I'm just proud of Kristen and, and what she's doing in life as a sister in Christ and. And say, you know what? Go and share your story and be truthful. And the truth sets people free. And, and I, Kristen, I think you have found that because you've said it so often. People identify with what you're saying. What you're saying is the truth. And the truth sets people free. And that's why when you confess something to somebody, uh, you, 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 you admit a problem, it sets, begins the process of setting you free because you're admitting what it is. And the truth does that. So uh, I'm really excited for what God's using you for. And I hope that God continues to do that. And our listeners get connected with your ministry and start partnering with you in their churches. Thank you, James. Again, you can chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. You can also email us anytime on the show. Kristen's in studio with us as well as Bill. Email us at Hope at HopeNet360.com if you have a comment or a question for us on the show. And we'll be right back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. Jeff and DW, your host, wrapping up the show tonight with Kristen Jane Anderson and Bill Van Kirk. You guys have been so gracious in stopping by and hanging out with us tonight, so thank you guys for being here. Glad to be here. Yeah, me too. Uh, Bill, just share a little bit again about your event coming up in just a couple of weeks. Ultimate Frisbee Ultimate Nights, is that what it's called? Yeah, we're calling it kind of Ultimate Frisbee Nights. Um, and again, it's just just in Voyager Park on Tuesday nights starting June 17th at 6.30. Uh, we'll start, we'll play for about an hour and a half. And it's just a time, kind of a pickup game for the community. Anyone can come out uh, really geared towards 13 to 18 years old, but just a pickup game for you to come and get connected and uh, build some relationships with other people. So, Cool. And we've got that posted at HopeNet360.com. Also, if you're online right now, connect with us at HopeNet360 on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email in any questions that you have for any one of us at Hope at HopeNet360.com. So we're wrapping up the show tonight talking about living intentionally. We talked about this last week, I know. And uh, some of you may have missed the show or missed the podcast, so don't forget, you can always go back and listen to every single show that we do at HopeNet360.com. But before we get to all that, you know, I've been convicted. I'm not going to ask you guys to get convicted with me and give up certain things, but uh, I've decided to forego some apps on my phone that were causing me to fear missing out on life so I could be more intentional on other things. And uh, personally, I'm just making some decisions where... It might be hard because sometimes change is difficult, especially when it's not uh, – someone else is enforcing the change. I think sometimes the hardest person to change is myself. And uh, so I'm doing some of that, and I'd love to hear some of your guys' closing thoughts as we wrap up the show about just living intentionally this summer. You know, the most important thing that ever happened uh, in my life were things that um, I decided to be intentional about. There's a time where I admitted my sin. And I understood it separated me from God, and I wanted to do something about this separation. I was able to put my trust in Christ, and, and he closed that gap and allowed me to be a part of God's family. I, there's a, a time where I thought my relationship with my wife isn't as good as it should be. 
And I realized I needed to be intentional about spending the time with her that I needed to, uninterrupted time. And, and we began to uh, set a time aside every day where we walk for an hour together so that we can talk to each other. Intentional time of exercise, intentional time of eating, intentional time of being in God's Word. I actually set a goal for being in God's Word to just so I, I'm not lying to myself then. I'm, I'm doing it intentionally, and when I'm going to do it. Without intentionality, your life slips into this random and even chaotic order, if you can use that, those words together. It's like, yeah, I know what's coming up next, but I'm just barely making it through everything. And your relationships aren't deep. Your life isn't deep. Everything's on the edge. And if there's a crisis, everything crashes. You don't want to live that way. You want to live with margin in your life and you want to be able to be intentional. So choose what's important in life and start setting up a system where you're intentional about the things that are important to you. And, uh, and it should be, and I can give you some things that you should be doing. You know, you should be intentional about your relationship with God. You should be intentional about your relationship with people and your family. And you should be intentional about relationships with your friends. That means put your phone away. When I'm with people now, my phone goes in my pocket and I turn it off. I mean, I turn the ringer off. Why? Because I want to be intentional about looking at them and being with them. Uh, I'll get those calls later. I don't need to see everybody that texts me every minute of the day. I, I can put it away and talk to them. And I want to encourage our friends that are listening. Don't let it be that, that you're forced uh, down the road to be intentional because you've ignored the important things for many years. Um, talk to somebody who's older that loves God and say, what are the most important things in life that I need to be intentional about? I just shared what I think are, and, and, and I'm sure other people have their list, but no, nothing really good happens from a random life. I couldn't agree more. When I think about intentional living, I think of this idea of, of playing darts or shooting at a target. Um, and I think if, if we look at, you know, if we look at trying to hit the bullseye, we don't just aim at the broad target of the entire dartboard, right? We actually are aiming right towards the center of that. And, and if you aim small, you miss small. You know, you might have heard that before. Um, you aim small and you miss small. And so um, in my life, when I think about um, living out my life for God and living out my life in my family and living out my life in, in, in my work and everything that I do, I want to make sure that um, I have very specific targets that I'm I'm pointing at very specific bullseyes that that I am uh, that I'm really aiming for, and it's kind of like what Dave said. I want to make sure that um, I have a life that is really oriented towards God, and so I make sure that in my daily life I hit that target, that bullseye of spending time with Him each day. When I think about my family, I don't want my kids to grow up thinking Dad's phone is more important than me, and so I I, I make that a point to put my phone away, to put it in my pocket to turn it off. Sometimes I got to put it in the drawer and tell my wife, don't let me take it out again. You know, and I do that. I, I do that intentionally. And the bullseye is that my kids know that I love them and that through my love, they see God's love, you know? And so in every aspect of my life, I really think through how do I hit that bullseye and be intentional about uh, what God has called me to be in my life. Do you, do you ever feel like that makes you a control freak? No, because I mean, there's, there's a million interruptions. There's a million things that get you off track. And that's why I think it, it is so necessary that you have that bullseye because you know, Hey, you know what? I'm not always going to hit it, mm -hmm. but at least I have this goal here. At least I have this focus here. And when I do get off track, I know where I'm supposed to be after that. You know, I know where I'm supposed to get back to. I feel like yeah. there's actually freedom in that. You know, and there's people that would claim, you know, that's legalistic, whatever, you make rules. I tell you what, in relationships, there's rules. If, it, if there's no relationship, if it's outside of a relationship, that's legalism. But within a relationship, you know, you have rules. I, I have rules with my wife. I'm going to spend time with her. You know, you can say, oh, that's, no, you can't have a good relationship without some of those things. So don't be afraid of setting up intentional things that you need to do to hit that bullseye. They're important. They're not rules. It doesn't make you a legalistic. It doesn't make you somebody that nobody wants to be around. In fact, it's the opposite. You make sure you, you make time for the things important, that are important in life. And, and part of that is, is finding a mentor, finding somebody older that can talk to you. If you're older, finding a younger person you can pour into. And then really showing each other who God is and being a part of the body that you should uh, functioning as that body part, helping each other out. So it's exciting to, to think of what can happen when you actually start aiming for that bullseye. Oh, I just said I think it brings freedom to when you have your life that prioritized and that organized because you're, you already thought through why you're doing what you're doing and you're doing it for a reason. And mm -hmm. I feel like that brings joy and freedom. 
Yeah, and I think the main thing tonight is to get on that track where you start thinking about being more proactive. Uh, Kristen, you've been to that point of being depressed and feeling like there's nothing I can do to make this any better. You know, I, I don't have any control over my situations. And, you know, honestly, that's just not true. But the, the reality is we can't always do it ourselves. We can't always fix things ourselves. And like I said, sometimes the hardest person to change is myself. And that is why we need God's help in our lives. And so tonight, if you're wondering, if you have questions about faith, about who God is, about how he can help you to make some changes that are big changes in your life, if you've tried to do things over and over yourself and it just hasn't panned out, you, you still make the same mistakes again, I want to encourage you to go and chat with a live coach tonight at hopenet360.com. Reach out and find that help and someone that can relate to what you're going through in your life, who can give you some perspective on what they've been through and what they've tried to do in their lives. And But really what it ultimately comes down to is how to have a real relationship with God that is besides any other religion, any other you know obligation, any other self-help book that's out there. A relationship with God really changes the picture. And just like we said on the show tonight, truth, when truth comes in, truth sets you free. And you may have been through some traumatic experiences in your life. You may be dealing with some heavy grief right now. You might be going through a, a time of loss where you lost a loved one, a friend, a relative, someone that you know close to you. And I want to encourage you that God is closer than a brother in those moments. And if you feel him tonight, if, you, if you're just laying in your room and you're just trying to make sense of your world right now, it's upside down. I just want to encourage you, God is there and he's with you. And so if you're struggling tonight, if you're feeling like there's no hope to go on, I want to number one, encourage you, there is hope. And there's a God who loves you and who cares about you. And you can chat with the live coach if that helps you. I want to encourage you to go and reach out maybe to your mom or to your dad or maybe a family member or a youth pastor. If you know a youth pastor in your area, connect with somebody who is there to be with you. And we talk about that over and over here on the show. And we're glad that you guys have joined us tonight. Remember, you can always catch us on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. You can also email us anytime during the show live or podcasted at Hope at HopeNet360.com. For myself, DW, Kristen, Bill, thank you guys so much for joining us on the show tonight. We'll see you guys online and next week. And don't forget about Scramble for Hope.